Hello, Sarah. Hello, Rob. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> I'm quite excited because it's my turn this week to Ooh. deliver the quiz for you. Okay, now I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> Will I get any right? Do you think? I think you. I think you'll do okay. <laughs> and there is there is a theme to it, just like yeah. you chose a theme. Okay. But we can get onto that after we've talked about what we've both watched, shall we? Over the last can do couple um, of weeks. I've not watched a huge amount, to be honest. I don't think I've got anything to report on. In fact, Rob, what have you watched? Okay, well, I haven't watched that much, but I have seen Bullet Train, which yeah, is right, okay. the Brad Pitt right, kind yeah. of homage to Jackie Chan. It's definitely, definitely an entertaining watch. So I would say it's worth a viewing. The plot and backstory kind of gets completely lost because there are so many colourful characters and fight scenes and and it has a real tarantino-esque feel with the dialogue and some of the characters there's Mm -hmm. also a bit of kind of lock stock thrown in there as well kind of guy Ritchie stuff you've got the you know effortless nonchalant charm of brad pitt so there's kind of lots to like about it i would say as a film a complete film it doesn't quite work it feels like a series of set pieces knit together by some weaker narrative and some weaker script but there's enough in those set pieces enough colorful characters and enough comedy to definitely make it worth watching so on that david leach was the director and he's done fast furious john wick atomic blonde and deadpool as well so i can imagine it's pretty gritty it is and you you can definitely see the john wick in there and there is a link to deadpool in there as well no it's good fun it's really good really good fun as how i probably describe it i saw 13 lies which is on i think amazon prime at at the moment released howard that's right not too long ago and that's obviously the story of the from a few years back of the children who were trapped in the cave in Thailand. And it's obviously a story about the rescue mission. I didn't know much about it. I mean, obviously I remember in the news and I remember parts of how it was reported. There was two things I found interesting about it. First of all, you've got Colin Farrell with a very, very English accent, which I think Mm -hmm. he does very well. You've got Viggo Mortensen, who has like a Brummy accent that pulls it off incredibly well. It was acted, I thought, incredibly well by that by those two and also a couple of others. But also the way, the method they used to attempt to get these kids out of the cave is phenomenal. I must admit, I haven't since gone to Wikipedia to see how accurate it is, but I can't believe that particular part could be inaccurate. So I'm assuming, you know, although it's based on those events, that that particular part is true. If that's the case, absolutely bonkers. So... Yeah. I I enjoyed that one. That's about it, I think. There may have been one other, but it's prob that one other I'm probably thinking of is the newbie that we've uh, that, that we'll be reviewing very shortly, which is yeah. which is okay. Nope. And that brings me on to the quiz. Oh, okay. Because the theme is otherworldly UFO alien. alien. Okay. That's the kind of theme. All right. I've got five okay. questions. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Spielberg has yeah. directed or produced quite a few movies on the subject of UFOs. Yeah. Obviously, E.T. we know is one of them, but can you name? From Hannah, Noah is a cool bum head. 
That has to stay in the podcast. That is just genius. Oh my god, <laughs> that really freaked me out. So that's that's the Amazon <laughs> Alexa. Is that a raspberry in addition there that's a as well? Message that is describing my son as a poo bum head, complete with sound effect. Which for some reason, I think because I've got Amazon on the TV, it appeared on the TV screen right next to me. So, oh, you've got to keep this in. I really hope that that is the only message that comes through. That's never happened before. It's never, ever happened before. Oh, my uh, Lord. I, right. I don't say the A name because I think mine might chime in otherwise as well. I can't believe that. That's right. That's throwing me right off my stride. Okay. That's so, a quiz. The quiz. Yeah, Spielberg. E.T. E. is one film that you can you yeah. name two others? Uh Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep. And Batteries Not Included. Can I include that one? Batteries is not included. Yeah. You've got me there. Uh, I don't know that film. Batteries not it's one of his earlier ones, I think. In the eighties. Is that nineteen eighty seven? I have no idea, but I know it's in the 80s. Can I have that? Yeah, Which ones do you, you have? can. I'm absolutely bowled over because <laughs> I've never, ever heard of that movie. That's oh, a great movie. It's around the same time as Cocoon, and Cocoon is Ron Howard, directed that one. And I thought that was Spielberg, actually, but it's um, but maybe Spielberg was an exec producer or something like that. But it's around that, that era. I'm just trying to find it on IMDb. Batteries not included. Batteries not included. I mean, there is a film from '87 called Batteries. It probably not is. It probably Aliens is help a feisty old New York couple in their battle against the Russians. That's the one. That's the one. I've genuinely never heard of this film, and so now I'm fascinated. Um, now we're both typing it on IMDb. It's going to go big. <laughs> no, because two people have searched it at the same time. It's directed by Matthew Robbins. Is it not uh, Steven Spielberg? You're no, right. No, it's Matthew Robbins. <gasps> Jessica Tandy. I can't right have that it. one. I swear Spielberg was involved with Batteries Not Included. <laughs> well, I'm, I've I went to through, I, went, I went through his back catalogue and I don't remember seeing that film. Why did I think he had done that one? Unless he's a producer on it, but let's see if no. he's... A, no, I think I've just made that up. I sounded very convincing though, didn't I? Yeah, it's so convincing. Okay, now, do you know what? Do you know what? I will give that to you because it's, oh, he's a producer. He's, there an exec, you, he's an executive producer. There you go. It's a bit like, I think he's involved with Cocoon as well. I did say direct or produced, so fair dues. You could have also had War of the Worlds. Okay. And you could have had Super 8 as well, which uh, he, Super he was, eight, a, he was yes, a producer of. Course. Okay. Wow, what a star. Drama already. Okay, name the movie with the tagline, we've always believed we weren't alone. On July the 4th, we'll wish we were. We always believe we weren't alone. July the 4th, 4th, we'll wish we were. Uh, Isn't that War of the Worlds? The clue's in the tagline. Oh, is it... um... Independence Day, sorry. Yes, yes. Independence Day. <laughs> Why was I thinking War of the Worlds? Yeah, Independence Day. You gave you gave it away there. I know, but you know. Uh I hopefully I'll get you on this next one. What year was Independence Day released? 
Oh, my goodness. Come on, you gave me the bend it like Beckham. Straight I back reckon at it you. is 1992. 1996. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Much later than I thought. Okay. Okay. Two out of three so far. Question number four. Name the film about two English comic book geeks traveling across the US who encounter an alien outside Area 51. I have no idea. Comic book geeks. Starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, uh, Paul. Oh, we go. Oh, Craig. From Hannah, my children are annoying you. Oh. <laughs> Are annoying. <laughs> this is getting. <laughs> Shall I text her? Oh <laughs> We're doing a podcast. Me. Do you know what? That will freak All her right. out. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm, gonna have I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Oh, I. From Hannah, but I love them very much. Right. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's right. motherly love for you. <clears throat> um, recording. <laughs> oh, what's coming Oh, next? another one. <laughs> right, okay, right, okay. And we're putting pockets. Oh, wow. And that's some raspberry going, eh? Stop. Okay, well, hopefully that's done the trick. Oh, that sums up my family. Uh, very amusing. <laughs> right, okay. To mine okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> should probably come through to mine. Right, three out of four. Right. Final question. How many men in black movies have oh. there been oh my goodness i'm gonna go for five the answer is four. Oh, i nearly said four yeah. i watched coldplay last night and it was all about aliens and <laughs> extraterrestrial stuff and things like that so i should be more more clued up Oof. note to self learn more about aliens okay right so well you did four out of five i did three out of five last week so sorry three out of I've five got- you got sure? three out of five, yeah, okay. because... With some help. Yeah, with some help. Same okay. as me last week. So we're three all. Yeah. We'll, keep a, we'll keep a running score. Maybe, I think it depends on the mood if you're going to give clues or not. But, you know, we're starting off nice and friendly. Three all okay. so far. Good, good, right. good, good. Okay, yep. so I chose that theme because the newbie that we were reviewing mm. is Jordan Peele's new film, Nope. So should we start with that? Go for it then. All yours to kick it off. Okay, so this is the director that brought us Get Out, which starred Daniel Kluwer, who is in this film and who won an Oscar for Judas and the Black Messiah, who's an amazing actor. He also then followed that up with Us, which is a story of some rampaging family doppelgangers, which is also quite crazy. And may I think he's a visionary director, I would say, in terms of modern cinema, blends this otherworldly horror with sci-fi, really kind of eerie, almost ambiguous stuff at times that often leaves you leaving the cinema with something that lingers in your head, asks lots of questions. I would say this is no different, personally. Um, So what we have after the mysterious death of their father, it's fair to say, OJ, who's played by Daniel Kluwer, and his younger sister, Emerald, played by Keki Palmer, they're left to manage the family's horse wrangling business they basically farm out their horses for use in the film business that's been going for years and years but as soon as the father passes away they really struggle they don't really have the get up and go to keep it going so whilst they're struggling 
OJ who starts to notice strange things happening in the sky over their ranch. And he becomes convinced that there's something out there. And so once Emerald is on board with this, they decide that they're going to make their millions by trying to capture some footage of what they believe is some kind of UFO that they've seen traveling through through the clouds. And what we then get is this crazy story of effectively a flying object that starts terrorizing this ranch community. They get help from their local electrical store in the form of customer services technician there called Angel, who comes out to install loads of CCTV cameras, and a cameraman who they know from one of the jobs they did, this kind of well-known, I don't know if he's a Hollywood cameraman, but he's a well-known cameraman in the business. They ask him to be the one to come and actually capture this on film. And the reason I say branch community is because not far from their place is this cowboy theme park, which is owned by this guy called Ricky Jupe Park, who was once a well-known child actor in this sitcom back in the 70s or 80s, I think. He lives off his name to attract audiences to come to this really weird theme park. And his big thing is getting audiences there to catch a glimpse of this UFO that he has also been witnessing. Now, he also has a backstory, which leads us to a pretty horrific incident that happened on the set of the sitcom he was in as a child, which includes a rampaging chimpanzee. I mean, that's probably as much as I'll say. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) It sounds confusing, but it's it's not when you watch it. It's all sort of tied nicely together, I think. Um, I mean, I'm going to set the scene here. This has just come out, the time of this recording, has literally come out a couple of days ago. And Rob and I were very keen to watch it at the cinema, try and watch it together if we could, but we couldn't work out the timings. So I ended up watching this on my own, and I'm rubbish at watching scary films, which Get Out was quite scary and eerie. And I thought it's going to be similar ilk to that, to be honest. So, but I took comfort knowing when I went to cinema on my own that there was more people in the cinema, unlike when I went to watch Insurgent, where I was completely on my own, on my own in the cinema, and any single noise would freak me out. But this is also, I took comfort that this is a 15 as well. So I thought, ah, it can't be too scary, can it, or anything like that? Um, what could possibly go wrong? And um, to be honest, the trailers, I think, were probably scarier than the film. So take comfort that it's, it's eerie, but I wouldn't say it was uber, uber scary. And I was trying to work out before this film came out, where's that title come? Where's Nope come from as well? And I think it sets, you, you find that out through the, through the film because imagine something abnormal, like an alien ship was trying to mark its territory in your land. You're like, nah. This is not happening. Nope. 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 It's not happening. And also, I don't believe this is happening as well. That's where the I feel the titles come from. You can argue with me if that you don't if you disagree as well, Rob, on that. But uh, and nope did come in from the, in as part of the script from other people because it was just kind of unbelievable. And that's where nope came from. Was that right? Was that how I interpreted that correctly? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I there's there's a moment when OJ is in that very situation, yeah. and he and he's wondering whether to kind of get out of this truck or not, and he kind of says to himself, "Nope,", nope. And, and I believe that is that is. I think it's as yeah. simple as that. I think other people have read into it saying it's like an acronym for something to do with, ah. but I, but I I don't know. I don't think it is. I reckon it's. I can imagine Jordan Pills has gone with nope, unless on another yeah. level, it's it's that as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was very original as other John, uh, Jordan Peele films. OJ handling animals on a film set. I don't think I've seen that before. And, <laughs> you know, what could we, I don't think I've ever seen chimpanzees having complete meltdown. And Oh, my God. And we won't go into detail, but having complete meltdown on stage just because it was his birthday and some balloons appeared and it got frightened and got this triggered off some things and bad experiences but obviously the aliens do not like the same they don't like bunting balloons or anything like they that don't like, well. they don't like they don't like a Very, good kids party <laughs> they don't like a good kids party no but i was kind of thinking when i was watching that i was thinking blimey wonder what they did with that pg tips advert so they used to do it back in the 80s with all those chimpanzees how did That's, they manage this is, those? this is the x-rated version i think I have to say the ranch, the California outback was stunning. And to be honest, if you saw a cloud in the distance there each day, I don't think most people probably wouldn't even noticed anything. So I love the fact that it was original, but actually there's some elements of it that were very true to life, how people think. And I found also um, Daniel Kaluuya's and Kiki Palmer's acting very natural they were almost real they could be almost real brother and sister they, it was that connection was really strong uh so oj and emerald haywood and it was mysterious it was a some eeriness scariness however right now that noise that comes from the spaceship freaks me out because i my back door patio sounds very similar right now <laughs> And because it's hot, I open it very regularly and it's got like almost the sound that we had when it came to that, um, oh, the South African film. A bit like Elysium. It's just that weird sort of, that. it sounds like my backdoor patio, all right? It's a sort of squeaking noise. And then I, the only thing I didn't get was the horses. Why did it go for the horses? The only thing I could think of was that their tails were sort of floaty, a little bit like bunting, and when as they move, it was like that. I didn't really get why they went for the horses, the, these these spacecraft that would suck up these horses. I, I hope I haven't given too much away there, but I think when you see the trailer, you can kind of can hear the sort of screeching noise of the horses being taken away. It's all very natural. Uh, Stephen Young, great to see him. Um, you know, I remember him from The Walking Dead, series i expected him to be a bit more sinister though i don't know why i kind of thought he would be the bad guy and he wasn't really a bad guy in it he was actually quite added a bit of light and humor i think to it there was some funny moments although you got that kind of scary mysterious side there was a lot of humor and there was a bit i did actually laugh out loud in the middle of as well so expect a bit of that and I think we're going to see a lot more of Kiki Palmer and 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 Stephen Young. Um, obviously, we're starting to see a lot more of Daniel Kaluuya now. 
now, but Kiki Palmer's in the past has done quite a few voiceovers. She's recently played Izzy in, in the Lightyear, the new Lightyear movie. And uh, the only really noticeable movie that I've seen her in is, is Hustlers. So I think we'll see a lot more of her. I thought she was fantastic, actually. A lot of energy, a bit of a tomboy in the film, untrustworthy sister, I would say, at the start. But then, she, you know, that bond between her brother and her, you know, was there towards the end. This had definitely a lot more budget throwing out this film than what we have with Get Out, which is one of the first ones that Jordan Peele did. You're looking at $68 million versus $4 million, which was Get Out, how to make. That's quite a lot, a big budget difference there. And you can really see it with the special effects. And at one point, it was almost Ghostbuster-esque, I would say, or Stranger Things, as they prepared to take on the aliens that were coming. And Brandon Pira who played Angel, was one of those sort of sidekick characters that you would see in those TV series and movies. That's why I kind of thought it was quite similar to that, really. He was just a board shop assistant at a technology store, however obsessed with aliens, UFOs, or more recently they called him UPAs, which I'd never heard of, unidentified aerial phenomena, apparently. They did say that in there because I was like, what's that? He basically just supported them and, and capturing coverage of the sightings. They're all in the big movie makers and um, they really just wanted to make their money and, and, and capture a sighting of, the, of this alien and get some money out of it. I, I I quite liked it. I liked it. I was surprised. I surprised myself. I I wasn't sure about it. I thought I'd come away a bit sort of freaked out, but I I really liked it. But you, you've probably got loads of thoughts on it as well. Well, I you mentioned the kind of Stranger Things and the kind of psychic characters, and I, I thought it almost had a hint of Spielberg about it. Yeah. If you think of films like Close Encounters or E.T., yeah. but you know those th- those kind of shots of people looking up or that sh- th- those kind of shots of people in awe and, like you say, kind of a, a fascination with what's out there. And I thought that was what was really interesting with the character of O.J., played by Daniel Kaluuya. He, was, he wasn't necessarily super scared of what was going on compared to a lot of other people. He was almost just transfixed and intrigued as to what this is. And that kind of culminates in the finale of the film, really. So I almost found his, he just had a genuine almost curiosity and fascination. And I suppose that's the theme running through it, isn't it? it it's those those themes that are bubbling underneath of everybody just has that curiosity and fascination with those things that we don't know, things that don't seem normal to us and the whole spectacle of it and how almost the way in which their first thought is, right, we need to film this. We even get TMZ turning up to try and like capture some footage. You think then to the sitcom with the chimpanzee and there's lots of animals, obviously, as a theme in the film, that whole idea of spectacle. I, I, I just thought there was just a really interesting angle that he's he's actually exploring beneath the film which i found quite intriguing what did you think about the horses though why the horses i kind of found there's quite a few questions i had about the film yeah and yeah definitely that's one of them but there were many others and so i suppose i didn't really come away answering them all in my Mm. head still don't still don't necessarily know the direct connection. So why why the horses were a seeming target, I don't know. Because some horses survived. There was a heart horse called Lucky that survives. I, I don't know. I mean, but I think that's gone. 
he didn't look up. He didn't look. It was a don't look up, wasn't it? And that's so, exactly so, so OJ. Well, well, OJ so, it wasn't to look up because he noticed. You mean he put the blinkers on, didn't he? Yeah. To make sure. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it was any animal, any being that looked up. Um, it's a bit like you talked about the fact that this is all about this cloud which never moved. And it's only when it was pointed out to them that it's like, oh, yeah. Such a clever conceit, isn't it? Yeah, because we look yeah. at you, you. I thought, well, you look at the sky every day. I wouldn't. I wouldn't notice. No. You know, there's so many examples. If you apparently before that, where this cloud, you see it and it doesn't move. But we don't. Mm. We're not looking at it. We're not as an audience. We're not concentrating on that. Just like the characters aren't. So I think he does everything in quite a subtle way. Whilst there are things in it that are very subtle, there are also things in it that are very just in your face. Like the, the we initially think. It's a UFO. It transpires that it's not exactly what it seems, shall we say. I don't think that's giving too much away. And the way in which that UFO changes over the film and the way it's presented to people, yeah. the way in which that's depicted on screen. It's again, like a jellyfish. It turns yeah, into a jellyfish. Like, kind of a, exactly, like a, like a tent-stroke jellyfish. It, it, it's... Yeah, yeah. It, it, that, and that's why I think, for me, one of the great things about this film, and you said it, I mean, we talk about everything everywhere all at once. Watch that film because you'll never see anything like it again. Well, in some ways, when it comes to it, like, if you just say, okay, this Jordan Peele film is a UFO film, well, it's so much more than that. But it's like no other UFO UFO film you're ever going to see. And so for that reason, you know, I think people should watch it. What you make of it, whether you're happy to come away thinking, you know, what was that all about? Mm. Or what's the Mm. connection between that or that? Or whether Mm. you think it... I mean, I think it potentially plods a bit at the beginning as it really builds up, and some people will like that. Daniel Kaluuya is one of those actors. Everything's in that expression, isn't it? Everything's in the eyes. He hardly says anything. He's very cool and calm, and I think that's also the title, Nope, ties in very nicely. You can either have Nope, like, and you get some sort of powerful person that's not going to give up, which you do have that, but in a more cool, calm, collected way. Yeah, in other films I've seen him in, he's almost like that character, apart from the, the Black Panther one that we saw. Getting the the name Judas it, and the we? Black Messiah. That's the one, yes. He has this almost like this inner calm and assurance behind yeah. that face. But yeah. the, he, only, he only needs to just certain expressions. So for me, the thing I love most about the film, and it's probably more actually just to do with Jordan Peele, you don't know what you're going to get. What you're going to get next from a Jordan Peele film? You know, mm. what's he going to tackle next? It's a bit like, and that's why I say I think he has become almost like a modern, you know, visionary. In the same way you talk about big films where you want to go and see their next film, you know, I don't know, take a Christopher Nolan. Like he he's totally different type of director, but what he does with all of his films, he's trying to do something interesting and he does it in a very a huge, spectacular way. I think he's, for me anyway, he, he he might not, Jordan Peele might not be that well known to a big mainstream audience that tend to only go watch big blockbuster films. But I think, if, like you say, look at Get Out, Us, and now this. I just think it's fantastic there's someone out there who's making these types of films, I suppose. Mm. He's almost between a Spielberg and a Tarantino, a mix of the two, I would say. Mm. Um, because the way that they sort of backtrack at the start and tell start telling the story behind Stephen Jung's character, and you've got that creativity of 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 Spielberg. I think, yeah. I've got to be honest. I don't know what I would give it as a score. 
Like I, I just come away with a, a kind of a respect for it and a fascination with it. Like you say, the cast are fantastic. Like they are, they really are. But I, I don't know what score I'd give it because it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's a particularly conventional film. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I have kind of had thoughts. Do I like the film or do do I not? And actually, I think I do like the film because with everything everywhere all at once was very, as you say, is very different as well. I didn't get on with it. I didn't get on with it at all. Whereas this one, I came away again. Oh, that's a bit. That's very original and, and not what I was expecting at all. And I thought the acting was great. The, the, the special effects were brilliant. Pretty good way of mixing up a, a storyline as well i'm i'm gonna give it a score i'm gonna give it nine out of ten because i did I, I quite liked it it was a bit different it was mysterious funny eerie and very original that's all i can say that's so cool i'm so i'm so pleased i know it sounds ridiculous but i'm so pleased that you liked it that much i think i'll give it it's almost between eight and a half and a nine <laughs> we'll just leave it as that all right because well, I, I don't know. I, it's another one of those films where I kind of feel like I'm just going to bash around in my brain for a bit before I could figure out what I thought of it as an actual film. I did think one of the, you know, we often look at the some of the stories behind the films or the bits of trivia, whatever, after we've seen it. I saw, I read a fantastic little piece, which I just thought was really cool. And that is when Jupe is addressing the crowd when he's, you know, waiting to see the UFO. Yeah. He says to them along the lines of in one hour's time, you'll leave here having seen something you've never seen before. And the film apparently finishes in exactly one hour from that moment, which, oh, I, think, right. which okay. I think is pretty cool. Ah, even that's it, cool. even it is yeah. one of those films that's probably, well, he was, let's just say he was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll leave it as that. Brilliant. Great. So the, film that we uh you chose uh was guilty pleasures wasn't it and it was mine one of mine parenthood which was released in 1989 can you believe it and rated 15 i thought it was lesser than that actually i thought it'd be a 12 but actually some of the content i can understand why it's 15 and uh directed by ron howard as we mentioned earlier some of his films uh who has done Oodles of great films from Splash, Cocoon, Willow. And then that's before this film. And then after he's done like Backdraft, Apollo 13, Ransom, A Beautiful Mind, which is a fantastic film, The Da Vinci Code. And he's got 13 Lives, which is out now. Uh, writers Lau Gantz and Babalu uh, Mandel and Ron Howard all wrote this and actually taken snippets of their own parenting and added it into this film, a bit of a flavour of their parenting in, in this film. It's a pretty much an all-star cast. You've got Steve Martin, Mary Steenbergen, uh, Diane Wiest, Rick Moranis, um, Martha Plimpton, Keanu Reeves, Jason Robards, and uh, Lee Phoenix, but now Joaquin uh, Phoenix, as he's, as he's known today. The film is about the Buckman siblings uh, raising their children in different ways and the challenges and joy that it brings. Um, so we have Helen, who's played by Diane Weist, uh, separated with Julie and Gary, Phoenix and, and Plimpton. 
There's Gil and Karen and Martin and Steenbergen with three kids and the eldest going through therapy as he struggles to understand and fit into fit in with other kids at school. We also have Susan and Nathan with their child genius three-year-old, I think she must be. And then you've got Larry, who's played by Tom Hulse. And he you may remember him from Amadeus, the lead character in Amadeus, who's been away for quite some time and sort of rocks up at this family dinner with a two-year-old, which was unknown to anyone that this child even existed. And then, um, you know, he gets into trouble with gangsters and, and all sorts, really, and falls into a lot of debt. And he seems to be the golden golden child in the family from the, the father's perspective. However, the father realises he's uh, being roped into spending money and, and getting him out of trouble, really. This film has a lot of heart. It's got a lot of laugh out loud moments as well. And there's one scene in particular that brought me to tears again. Every time I watch it, it brings me to tears. Um, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts, Rob. I think it's just a perfect Sunday afternoon movie to watch. I had seen it once before, I reckon, but so much I forgot about it. I think what I liked about it the most, it just flows beautifully. It reminded me of a weird way in, in that sense Right from the off, I almost found it was similar to Still Magnolias, in so much as it was like a story about a family structure, the challenges that are going on with all these different members of the family that other people may not know, or you know, you're you're getting to know things that are happening under the surface of marriages that other people might think are, are all fine, you're you're seeing relationships fractured and then mended you're seeing challenges that everyone's up against i think the film in a weird way may well have been pivotal in so many of these tv series that have come after this you think of modern family i mean there's loads of them mm-hmm. which are based around a kind of dysfunctional family and yeah. the juxtaposition you get in this film and and in those kind of tv series when it works i think is when they blend the comedy and drama but was also touching on quite serious matters that yeah. as a as a parent as an adult you can genuinely relate to and and it's a, and i think that's what really gets you you're you're laughing at, at one point as would often be the way with steve martin film and and the comedy that you get from gill is is really good i i think the comedy you get from Diane Veist, I think, is fantastic. There are some scenes in this where I, she just cracks me up. The the scene when her tearaway daughter, who brings her boyfriend effectively into their lives, Todd, played by Keanu Reeves, and she eventually gets chucked out when they break up, and then they come back. She realizes they got married, and it's and and like, but. There's a scene where Todd and Julie are up to no good in the bedroom and he brings along a pol- he brings along a camera and then Ford Wine a bit further on in the film where she goes to pick up the film, which obviously got all these kind of very intimate photos of herself and Todd. And it just so happens that her mum has also made an order for some photographs that she's taken and the daughter goes to pick them up and realises... She's got the mum's photos, and when she asks, there should be another, and the guy says, oh, someone's already picked them up. And then you get this amazing scene, I thought, of Helen thumbing through these these photos, and she comes back, Mm. and she kind of looks and goes, now this one, I think 
this is a keeper, like all this sarcasm. <laughs> I, I thought her humour was amazing, and mm. like, I know you love her. But like I say, like there, there's those real tough moments you have of Gil and Karen's son, Kevin, um, when the school effectively say, sorry, we can't keep him. He needs special attention. And in some ways they've kind of been living in denial that there might be something not wrong with him, but you know, that, that, that you might have certain, certain issues. And I think the time it takes them to come to that realization in some ways is quite powerful. And the realization probably from Gil that his character, his traits himself may have something to do with it. And then he's yeah. kind of grappling with this whole idea of, Oh my God, this is my fault. And you start to think about the traits that you might pass on to you. It, there's just lots of stuff. It's almost like watching a observational comedy. It, yeah. You, you get it. It's funny because it's, it's it's talking about things that happen in real life. And I thought that's what this is really well, that there were things that happened that, that you could just relate to because they're things that people do come up against from teenagers through to parents through to grandparents. I mean, obviously there are some quite major storylines. I mean, obviously the son who's being chased by gangsters for 20,000 pounds is, is obviously not necessarily an everyday, an everyday no, theme. No. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I loved about it. It was just, yeah. And everything was just tied up really neatly and it had a nice ending and yeah, it was, it was, it was just a very warm, yeah, film, wasn't it? Yeah, which he get he got a lot of those in in the eighties and nineties yes, as well. Absolutely. I mean, and Steve Martin played played them excellently, like with with Roxanne in in nineteen eighty seven. He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Three Amigos. He had those funny comedy films. You don't, I don't think you get them as many as much now. It's like a bit like Anchorman as well. You don't get them these days. They're just a bit too far. They go a bit too far. I think sometimes comedy films today. Uh, but I would say this is probably one of my favourites from Steve Martin. But yeah, he, he certainly, his anxieties were rubbing off into his son, basically, weren't they? So, but I mean, there was an, also a very touching moment where Gary wants to stay with his dad and his dad rejects him. His mum has to comfort him. And that, oh, it's in tears every time I get, I get, I, I, that just, and, and I've got no, relation to that but I just could feel that poor child uh wanting you know a bit of it was he was very quiet and would sh- shut himself away in his room and and it's it, it comes down to when when Helen asks um Todd you know who's who's almost like a Ted Theodore Logan style character that Keanu Reeves portrays Todd as um and Helen asks Todd to almost step up and be like a father figure to him and and talk through his growing pains and and what it's like to grow up and things like that and it's just very sweet there's some very very sweet moments like that and it was fascinating watching Joaquin Phoenix and he was he was Leaf Phoenix back then yeah so young and of course he's such a big star now so to watch it's always fascinating isn't it watching what they were like because I thought that scene that you mentioned where he decides like I say he wants to live with his dad and his mum says well have you spoken to him no and he gives him his number and he calls him and obviously doesn't get the answer necessarily he wants but the real really powerful scene i i thought he pulled it off incredibly it, well it for an actor, an actor so young and i thought also it was, it was kind of heartwarming in some ways that you know how close keanu reeves was to river phoenix yes as, as, a, as a fantastic friends and so i i was curious to know whether keanu may have been 
very close to backing or Lee Phoenix in real life and whether that kind of older brother father yeah. figure type thing may have even occurred in real life maybe, I don't know maybe yeah maybe I mean because River Phoenix and uh, Keanu Reeves did um, My Private Idaho yeah. together didn't they um, which would have been probably just before then and then also River Phoenix used to go out with Martha Plimpton as well and he was playing the boyfriend of, of or fiance or husband of, of Julie whom Plimpton was playing and yeah so there was a connection there with Keanu Reeves and I just thought there was no, it was a lovely connection and I think that was probably my favorite family to watch as well so but the other thing that i found really funny um was when it was kevin's party uh cowboy dan i think it was didn't show show up so gil then grabbed some like items around the house to, to dress himself up as a cowboy including like bath mats for his for his legs and he became cowboy gil and was a huge hit with with uh, with Kevin's friends, who was you know struggling to make friends at that time as well. And I love the when he was doing the balloon modelling, he goes, he just makes a squeaky noise with his balloons, and he goes, "You're lower intestine," because <laughs> he couldn't work out it, it didn't look like anything. So he goes, "You're lower intestine," and it was yeah, it was just it was just funny. But yeah, this film made a hundred million worldwide gross. Nominated Diane Weiss was nominated for best actress in a supporting role. Best music as well with Randy Newman. You must have recognised the music from another film, Toy Story. Toy Story. Oh, of course, yeah. and an actual fact. Sorry, you're absolutely right. And I thought, is this actually, am I about to hear, I got a friend in yeah. you. And yeah, I thought exactly. it's, it almost sounds like the same yeah. song, but with different lyrics. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and I think he'd done the Three Amigos before with Ron Howard. So I think there was that connection already. So uh, what are you going to give it then, Rob? I'm going to give this one eight out of 10 because for the kind of film it is, yeah, it's very hard to fault. Like you say, it's very of its time, but really good ensemble cast in a similar way to Castile Magnolia's. For, for the kind of film it is, I thought it did a very, very good job. Yeah, no, I I, I love this film. It's it, I've, I've wanted to watch this for some time on our list. And so I'm going to give it eight and a half out of 10. Um, you know, I love this 32 years ago. And I love it today. So it's a good one. Good one to watch. Fantastic. Right. So this week for the oldie, you are going to be picking off my list. And your genre is? What have we got left? We've got left animation, war, action and crime. And the genre is? Action. Okay, let's get to my action list, see how up-to-date it is. Okay, mm. so I've got I've got about 17 on there. Okay. Actually, I can see one needs to come off. We can make that 16. Okay, I'm going to go for number five. Number five is Dunkirk. Oh, Dunkirk, right, okay. That's like a war one as well. And cross those well, two that's off at true. The same time. Maybe we cross them both off at the same time, <laughs> seeing as how much we love the war genre. Um, so this is well, it's a Christopher Nolan film from 2017, Oscar-winning yep. film, and it stars Tom Hardy, Mark Rylance, Kenneth Branagh, and you even get Harry Styles in this. It's his first yeah. film that he kind of starred in. It's almost a documentary stroke drama, I thought. I remember when I first saw this, I found it fascinating from that point of view. 
So allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Commonwealth and Empire and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. And it's streaming on Amazon Prime, BBC iPlayer. I actually saw it on, on um, the Beeb earlier this week. And it's on Virgin Go streaming, uh, but you can rent or buy it from other on, on-demand platforms. Lovely. And um, the newbie for this week is going to be a film called Prey, which right. was out very recently, I think only a few days ago, on Disney Plus only, straight to streaming. And this this is a prequel to the Predator films that obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger made famous. And it's an origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Sounds Um, good. Right on my street. It's getting some decent reviews, considering it's a film that's quietly gone straight to streaming coming in at a fantastic one hour and 39 minutes oh wow that is definitely right my screen <laughs> <laughs> that's short and sweet isn't it wow right. you don't get those. many films that long now you really nowadays. don't absolutely oh that's good 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 so that is on disney plus isn't it that's right Okay. Yep. So I'm sure it'll be available on Sky and other platforms very, very soon because they do tend to, um, like a month or two later, add them to other platforms, but uh, currently at Disney Plus. So looking forward to that. And do you know what? On this really hot, muggy day, I look outside and there seems to be lots of clouds, Rob. Do you think there's lots of alien UFOs hiding in the clouds out there? The the big question is (gasps) one of those clouds you might find has not been moving for quite some time it might not be tie up those tie up those inflatable cowboys and balloons and bunting (laughs) yes because i have them readily available in my back garden there you go get make sure you put the horses back in the stable that's right no (laughs) no doggy tails wagging or anything like that either you just don't know what's going to be sucked up by those those little ufos little yeah all right they're quite large actually or jellyfish. <laughs> I might go for a walk before the before the clouds really come in. It's going to be. We've got. This They're weather. already in. They're already, they already there. in. It's very heavy, They're isn't it? Now? It's very it's heavy. Very heavy. I'm waiting for the storm. Waiting for the storm is coming. Yeah, hopefully it's not a red storm. A red storm, like we saw. Red storm, like we saw in the film. Oh, like, yeah. Well, that was quite graphic, that red storm, if I remember rightly. It was. Let's just leave it as that, shall we? Okay, we we shall. Right. Thank you very much, Sarah. Next week, I look forward to taking on the the quiz, um, see if we can improve on our three out of fives. Oh, what shall I come up with? We'll have a think. Yeah, I'll have a think. Have a think. Yep, yep, yep. Good, and thank you, Rob, and thanks to our listeners as well. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.